Life Audio. This life gets hard, but move forward to brighter days. This chapter is long, but remember to turn the page. Welcome back to Unfiltered Parenting with Abby Johnson and Reagan Long, where we deliver the real deal of parenting to y'all completely unfiltered. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are coming to y'all bright and early. Our kiddos are off to school and Abby and I are ready to conquer the world. (laughs) I was like... Thinking about taking a nap, and then Reagan's like, "I'm ready when you are." I'm like, "Okay." I saw. I posted on our page. I guess I'm ready. But you're like ready, ready. You have like your hoop earrings in and everything. Well, typically, you know, I look like I I had to get ready. I have so many meetings today, and so I'm like, man, I have to look like a real person. But it made me think. Well. I have meetings too, but I I do not look like a real person yet. Yes, you do. I, people are just gonna have to be as I get. Take me as I am. Take me as they get me. You look cute with your little bun. It makes me think I posted the other day on our page, The Real Deal of Parenting. It was this it was this image where yeah, this wording where it was like it was a Morgan Freeman thing. So literally as you read it, you're you're hearing Morgan Freeman like narrate it in your mind. And so it was like this mom was like, she's ready to conquer the world today. You know, like me, ready to conquer the world today. And then it was Morgan Freeman. She did not conquer the world. She stepped in the dog water bowl and her sock got wet and she slipped on the floor and her day was over. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. And then she went back to bed. And then she went back to bed and took a nap because... That's just, I, well, when you, yeah, like when you text me like, ready, I was like, I'm sitting here still watching Coco Melon and my kids have been gone for like almost an hour and Coco Melon's the worst. Like, why is this still on in my house? I was like sitting here answering emails and JJ's in the background. I'm like, what is wrong with my life? I've got it. So I was like, I have to turn this off. In the past decade, the Action Bible has helped millions of kids across the world better understand the stories of the Bible. Through vivid illustrations and fast-paced stories, children have engaged in God's Word like never before. Now in 2024, there is a new edition, the Faith in Action Edition, with enhanced features. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition has a new color design, 230 Bible stories and digital resources that will help kids grow in the knowledge of God's Word. These resources include hundreds of devotionals, prayers, timelines, maps, Bible facts, teaching videos, activities, and more. Additionally, kids will learn about seven major themes of the Bible. These themes include courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. The Faith in Action Edition is the most complete illustrated Bible for kids. You can purchase your copy today of the Action Bible, Faith in Action Edition at Sam's Club, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, or wherever books are sold. Our God-given freedoms are facing unrelenting attacks. It's a battle for truth, and the only way we win is if we stand together. Thankfully, Alliance Defending Freedom has been defending our rights for 30 years and winning. Right now, they're involved in two critical cases before the Supreme Court. They're suing the FDA for endangering the health and safety of women and girls. And in the second case, they're assisting the state of Idaho to defend its law protecting the lives of women and their unborn children against the Biden administration's attempt to override the law and force doctors to perform abortions. They need your help. With your best gift, you could courageously join ADF in fighting critical Supreme Court cases against government lawlessness and help defend our cherished freedoms. Go to joinadf.org slash unfiltered. That's joinadf.org forward slash unfiltered to give now. With your help, 
I've pledged to raise $5,000 by March 31st for ADF. Visit joinadf.org slash unfiltered to make your best gift right now. I know with your help, we can beat that goal and make a generational difference for freedom and life. Speaking of cocoa melon, so Abby and I's toddler boys, you know, it Cocoa melon up until the recent new season, which I've only seen snippets of it. Cocoa melon has been innocent, right? It was not infiltrated. Like I could let KJ watch it and be out of the room. Not, you know what I mean? Like I knew it was going to be fine. You know, it was, it was just innocent. Right. It was just nursery rhymes. Yes. Just nursery rhymes. Completely innocent. There was nothing infiltrated, nothing like. Ooh, is that kind of nothing, just innocent, pure innocent for children as it should be. Right. Did you see the, you know how there's like a new season out? Like a, well, it's a different show. Oh, it's Coco Melon Lane. Oh, okay. Stay away it's from that. It's a different show. Yeah. And yes, because the Coco Melon Lane has like lesbian gay mm-hmm. characters in it. So the regular, Coco melon that's annoying and just the nursery rhyme. Well, it's all annoying. Right. But I think the most annoying thing about the regular Coco melon is how the parents are always like, ah, oh, you know, they don't like talk. Right. They just make that yeah. weird noise. Yeah. You know, they're like, ha, 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 when they need a laugh. Right. Okay. That is safe. Right. Because they just, do the nursery rhymes or yeah. whatever. Okay. And like JJ doesn't talk. Like the kids don't really talk. You know, they just kind of make weird noises. Right. Okay. The Coco Melon Lane is like, they all talk. It's more like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And that is when they introduce all of these homosexual characters. So you want to stay away from Coco Melon Lane. I only saw, my only experience with it was one snippet, and it was two gay dads with their kid, and they're singing this song about their son can be whoever he wants to be. And this song, they're in like, in his like toy chest, pulling out different, they're encouraging him, like he's dressing like a princess. He's dressing all these female things, everything girly for their son and encouraging. They're encouraging it. And you be whoever you want. Like it was, it was 20 seconds. And I think my jaw was just like on the ground. I'm like, what? Like what? I know. But like, but but you see here, Abby, here's the disconnect because people like you and I are saying, why? Are you ruining this for our children? Why are you taking innocence away? Why are you infiltrating this to our kids? While the other side is saying, finally, that's so beautiful. You're including everyone. We're not discriminating. We're encouraging our children to be who whoever they want to be. Oh, this is just so beautiful. What and I really you know, we're not gonna let me tell you something. No kids. Okay. We, you know, we were at a theme park one time. Our boys were four and five. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're with them. We're in line waiting for, I don't know, roller coaster or something. And I think we were Dollywood or so. I don't know where we were. Anyway, we're something like that. And we're in line and there were these gay guys in front. Now look, they're four and five. Okay. We had not had conversations about gay stuff with them they had not you know it they they had not heard us talking about homosexuality or anything like that okay we're standing in line there's gay guys standing in front of us and they're like being gross okay i mean they're like pda doing stuff that doug and i would not do in a in like a family amusement park okay i mean like Come on. Right. Okay. But they're being just over the top, like PDA. Okay. My boys 
turn around and look at me like faces like of like disgust yeah okay like what mom you're looking at me like mom what is going on and the four-year-old is like like poking me like mom mom and like kind of pointing like mom what is what is going on what's going on and i'm like okay i'm like just we'll talk about when we get home just don't look we'll talk about when we get home even my children okay four and five years old it is unnatural okay they've never looked at a, a straight couple doing that and have gone mom mom wait what's going on right even children know when confronted with that it is unnatural it is not normal it is disordered it's not okay and they are looking for clarification they are looking for an explanation because even them and they're you know and the bible says we should have childlike faith right and them in in their childlike discernment they look at that and they recognize this is sinful this is sinful behavior and we need explanation as to why adults around us are participating in the openly participating in this sinful behavior i mean that was such a like profound moment for me in my life as an adult and as a parent that my children understood so clearly never having had a conversation with me and Doug about that never having heard me and Doug talk about gay men making out or anything like that they just knew instinctually what they were looking at was wrong and that is, I mean, that, that was really a profound moment for me. Yes. And they do, they just know I've had, especially my youngest daughter, Kelsey, which Abby and her are good buds. Kelsey's my little, she's my little brute. But same thing with her over the years, especially these last three, four years, when she, so this, she would have been six, six, seven, eight. There's been so many times in public she has seen, whether we're checking out in the person, you can't tell if they're a man or a woman, or you can't tell if they're truly a man trying to become a woman or a woman trying to become a man. You're not, you're not even sure. Like different things that are unnatural, she will immediately want. And I'm always like, we'll talk about it in the car. We'll wait till we get to the car, you know, and it's disturbing to them because they know something is not right. And it's like, the best way to say it, it's unnatural. So why, you know what I mean? It's disordered. It's disordered. It, it is It is disordered. Yes. That's so perfect. The perfect way to put it, Abby. And so what the culture is trying to do, which again, no matter, you know, all of us Christian families are doing our best to protect our children from it. But it's it's everywhere. We always say it's seeping. It's it's already infiltrated everywhere. You can't go to an amusement park. You can't go to a grocery store. You know, you can't take your kids to the park without, you know, you can protect them from social media, but it's it's everywhere in the world. And so we're we've been slowly desensitized to convincing our children that this is natural. This is the way now. This is, we need to be accepting. This is love. I, I just, I don't know, Abby. Well, and I mean, and how do they do it? How do they do it? They do it through these cartoons for little children so that they can see two dads and they think, oh, that is normal. I can tell you right now, they can try to do it through cartoons and stuff, but children know in their soul, they know in their mind, that's not normal. They know that. And and I, I'm at the point now where, you know, my kids will see somebody who is is, you know, obviously trying to be transgendered, which I don't even like saying that word. I mean, right. it's just you nobody is transgender. Right. It, it's just not it's not real. But you know, is obviously trying to dress like the opposite sex. And I'm just to the point now, I mean, they'll, you know, look at me like, what is that, you know? And, you know, like you, I'm always kind of like, we'll talk about it later. 
But now I'm like, maybe we should just talk about it right then. You know, why, why am I trying to protect this person's feelings? And, uh, you know, maybe I should just say like, just right there. Why, why am I trying to be quiet about it? You know, maybe I should just say right there, whether they hear me or not. Yeah. You know what, kids? This is not normal. What you just saw is not normal behavior. It's not natural. That is a man dressing like a woman. And that's not, it, it's not what God has designed for any of us. I mean, maybe I should just say it. I don't know why I'm trying to protect, to temper my language. Yeah. Right. Or why am I trying? Yeah. Like, why am I trying to protect this person who is causing harm to our children? That, that, you know what? That doesn't make any sense to me. That's a great point, Abby. And that's just more normalizing where we're all quiet, right? We're all just quiet about it. And we just let them go about doing what they want acting like fools and they do it in front of our children we're all we're all just kind of like oh, you know don't don't say anything yeah. we don't want to we don't want to rock the boat well i do want to rock the boat and i i do want them to feel uncomfortable because they're making my children feel uncomfortable and so i want to make them feel uncomfortable as they're parading around like that in front of children i i mean and if, if it comes down to them saying something in front of me, then they say something. But I just, and that just goes to show my children further how disordered they are. Right. But I, I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to protect that anymore. You know what? That it's such a good point. And I never thought of it that way until you said it. And that is profound to me. And I do agree with you. Um, I love that. And two things I want to piggyback on before we dive into our topic today. For any, Abby and I understand, if you're agnostic, if you are satanic, if you are not Christian, we understand that the attacks will come in your feedback to this. We we expect it. However, if you are Christian and you come to us saying how unchristian-like we are, how unloving we are, how unaccepting we are due to this transgender movement, we can say this is not subjective. This is an Abby and Reagan's opinion. If you are a Christian and you are for that, you are saying that God messed up, that God made a mistake in who in who he formed. God makes zero mistakes ever. So you cannot call yourself a Christian. So here's the bottom line. If you're agnostic, if you're satanic, if you do not place God in your life is, you know, as your heavenly father, if you were not a, a true Christian, there, there's zero way that you can say this isn't the case because God doesn't make mistakes, right? So it's not like God's looking at this this population down here, like, oops, messed up there, messed up on that gender, oop, right. messed up on that one, that there's zero way. And so that's why Abby and I are like, this isn't subjective. This isn't Abby Johnson's opinion. This isn't Reagan Long's opinion. This is, this is just what is. This is what is disordered. This is what is a lie. This is another untruth. This is incorrect. That doesn't make us unloving or unchristian-like. So, no. so that's where, that's where people need to wake up and really think, are you a true Christian? Are, are you? Because if you are, that's just like saying we supposedly have these pro-abortion Catholics, these pro-abortion Christians. That's the most paradoxical thing I've ever heard. It's like vegans for meat. Yeah. Exactly. You can't. You cannot have it. You cannot say you're a Christian and say, I'm for murdering babies. You cannot. That bottom line, you cannot. No. So that's where people have to take a hard look and say, what am I for? What What do I believe in? Is this loving and accepting? And the other point I wanted to make to, you know, is, is we're, talking about disordered relationships and so forth. And like your boys seeing the two men kissing, 
you and I have been outspoken on social media about surrogacy and we see so many male couples who have, you know, paid to have a woman carry quote unquote their baby, you know, by by papers, it's their baby. And when we see these photos of the men laying in a hospital bed with that baby on their chest, it's it's such a gut punch because that is disordered for so many reasons. Well, and there, there was a woman involved, right? Yeah. There Sir, was a mother. That's a it it is so sad to me. Like surrogacy is one of the saddest things that we do in our society because there is always a broken relationship with a mom there. And I mean, yeah, the same could be said of adoption too, but not adoption in current day. You know, we everybody knows we have an adopted son and he has a relationship with his mother, with his birth mother. He sees her. He talks to her. He has that close relationship with her. So there's not this, you know, breaking of this natural bond that he has with her. I can tell you there is grief there. There is grief that comes with adoption because he is not with his natural mother and he's only eight years old. And we've already had to tackle some of those hard moments and those hard questions. And that's going to continue to come as he gets older. But I'm so thankful that that his mother is still in our lives and she is a part of that. Yeah, she can be a part of that struggle. Right. And that there is an openness there. That is not the case with surrogacy. Yeah. You are literally an incubator. So as the pro-abortion movement says, you know, accuses us of, you know, oh, you just you just want women to be incubators. That is literally what surrogacy is. You are a rented womb. You are a rented incubator for a couple. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw it. There was a woman. She's a Christian woman, but she recently compared herself to Mary saying that Mary was a surrogate. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I and did. And I'm like, no, Chicky. Mary was not a surrogate because Mary was the biological mother of Jesus. Right. People are so desperate to defend sinful actions they will literally throw anything to justify what they're doing. They will throw anything. I mean, they'll throw the mother of Jesus into the pile, right, of justifications to try to rationalize what they're doing. And it's it's insane. It's crazy. The problem is that people fall for that, that nonsense. And we have to really be on guard. You know what we need to have on the show is Katie Faust. Katie Faust is incredible on this topic. She runs an organization called Them Before Us. And I'll reach out to her about having her on the show because she's amazing. And she talks all about surrogacy and she's so bold about these issues. I remember when Dave Rubin, who I'm a fan of, I love Dave Rubin, but I remember when he and his partner had two surrogates pregnant at the same time. And they made the announcements within months of each other, weeks of each other, that they were going to be having two babies via surrogate. And it was bizarre because all of these conservative Christian outlets were going on the announcements, the, you know, the ultrasound picture announcements being like, congratulations. This is so exciting. Congratulations to you and your partner, whatever his name is. And Katie was so quick to call them out and, and be like, are you crazy? Like, this is disordered. This is not normal. This is not okay. You as a Christian organization should not be congratulating this. There is going to be a woman who is stripped away from her child. There is going to be a child 
that is going to be unnaturally stripped away from its mother. This is not okay. You should not be celebrating this. And she was very bold in her discussion around that. And she was one of the only ones in conservative Christian media who was bold enough to to take that on. And I just really admired her there. And so we should have her on the show. She's incredible. Yeah, that would be great. Again, this is just something else. Abby, I, I just feel like Christians, a lot of them are becoming more lukewarm because everyone wants to tiptoe. Everyone wants to tiptoe around these things so they don't come off as unaccepting and unloving. And, and this is where this time we are in, this is where we are being called by God to become fervent because we know what the Bible says, what he does with lukewarm. We are called to become fervent. We're all called to become saints. And you can't become fervent or a saint while you're just on the sidelines, just applauding things that God would not be for or just sitting or or, and I'm sorry, but or sitting quietly, let's say we have so many, Abby, who are just quiet, who reach out to us, who are like, oh, we we just agree with you. Thank you for being a voice. And we understand not everyone can be Abby Johnson and travel the world and, and, and go on stage. We're not saying that. But you have to stand up and speak up, whether it is just to your immediate family, whether it's to your school board, whether it's in your church and community, you cannot be silent because silence, my friends, is complicity, okay? So this is a time where it is not, whether you're applauding or whether you're being silent to something that is not of God, I'm sorry, that that can no longer be. There is no more fence sitting. You have to choose your sides, uh, your side, duh. I shouldn't have made that plural. You have to choose your side, stay on it, pick your lane, and you have to, because God doesn't God doesn't sit on both sides of the fence. No. It's very clear. Well, speaking of sides of the fence, this is actually what we wanted to talk about today. There's been, there's, I think for some time, there's been some controversy about sleepovers. Yes. And I don't even know where you stand on this, Abby. I love this. I know. We keep having these conversations. We don't know. Okay. So there's been, you know, there's been like some viral videos that have gone around over the past, like, I don't know, a couple years, I guess, about sleepovers. Like, do you let your kids go sleep over at people's house or do you let people, you know, take their kids over to your house, bring your bring their kids over to your house for sleepovers. Some of my best memories as a kid are going over to my friends' houses, having sleepovers, having sleepovers at my house. I mean, especially I think like in junior high, I remember like having girls over and we would, I don't know, draw pictures of on people's faces in the yearbook and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we weren't on our phones. <laughs> we were not on our phones. We had like fashion shows and, you know, like we were so compared to what kids in junior high are doing now, like oh doing my- all these like sexual TikTok dances. We were like literally doing like fashion shows and like pretend pageants and making crowns out of foil. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Crystal Gale. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> oh my God, Reagan. I've got to Google. Crystal Gale, she's like the singer, the country singer, and she had really long hair down to the floor. So, and she still does. She, yeah. By the way, she still sings. My daughter just went to a Crystal Gale concert with her friend. Okay, she's like old country. Okay, so when I was a child, I wanted to be Crystal Gale, convinced my friends they also wanted to be Crystal Gale. And we used to, but we all had like short hair because that was the, that was the style, right? You had like right. short kind of like chili bowl, ugly haircuts. So my friends and I would put my mom's pantyhose on our head and put like bows all the way down the pantyhose to pretend that was our hair. 
Oh my god! Those are the things that we did at sleepovers. Okay, I mean it was just fun and whatever. So when the time you know came that you know my kids wanted to start going to sleepovers and you know having kids over, and then I I suddenly realized like this was a controversial thing, and that you know some parents don't they don't do that. They don't allow their kids to go over to places. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I I didn't know this was even, like, controversial. And so then it was kind of like, like, you know, a kid would want to come over. And, you know, you kind of have to have this, like, conversation with the parent. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know if y'all do sleepovers. But, you know, if they want to come over and stay the night, they can, you know, whatever. We do allow our kids to sleep over at friends' houses if we know them, if we know them well, if they're, you know, a friend of ours and, you know, we feel like we trust them. We do allow our kids to sleep over. We very often have, there's nary a weekend that we do not have children sleeping over in at our house. So, and I, I guess especially with I feel like we are the house where people come to stay. So it's more like people are over here than my kids are going out to other people's houses. But we do allow it. I mean, if, you know, if our kids are over to friend's house and, you know, they're just like, hey, mom, can I just stay over here? We're like, sure. That's yeah. that's fine if we know the parents. We're not anti-sleepover. So, and I know all the, what could happen, all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. I just don't, I'm not, I don't live in fear, I guess, about it. And we have very open conversations with our kids about appropriateness and what's inappropriate and, you know, that they're free to talk to us about if anything like that happens. And so I just, it's not something I worry about. Yeah. So, yeah. That's just kind of us. We are, I, I'm just, it's so crazy. Exactly the same. So I, my kids, there's probably like three to four families that I trust immensely where I allow my children to sleep over. And these are families that, and I'm sure same with you, you know them well. Like if I was ever in an emergency and had to be away or for an extended time for whatever reason, because, you know, we don't have family down here. Uh These are people I would trust to have my children in their possession, whether it was 12 hours to two to three days, heaven forbid. Like I trust them emphatically, you know. However, and what's so funny, Abby, you having eight kids, me having five kids around here, all of my friends, the average size family is like typically two to three children. Almost all of my friends have two to three kids. But it's funny, same thing, almost every weekend, almost every weekend, I have an extra three to four children who stay with me one night or both nights. So I typically have eight to nine children, sometimes 10, every weekend, at least one of the days, one of the nights. And and I don't know if it's just because, Abby, we're good at managing chaos or it's the fun house. It's the fun house. It's the fun house. We have the fun house. And I, I'm so happy about that. Right, right. Yes. And so there's times I'm like, you know, when they ask for the kids are like, okay, so so-and-so's coming over. They're coming over. They're going to stay. Okay, Ma. And I'm like, sure. I feed five of you. Let me feed 10. Sure. Let me, you know, and sometimes, sometimes I'm a little like begrudging, like, okay, really? Again, can we have one weekend? But then I'm grateful. Then I'm like, I'm grateful. My kids are under my roof. They're friends feel so good that they're coming back again for the 17th time. I mean, actually, one boy that literally has become like my other son, I have almost had every weekend for almost two years. And and what's great too, Abby, and I don't know if this happens with your kiddos or if their friends are already Catholic. A couple of my kids' friends are Catholic and we go to the same church. More than not... All their buddies are Christian, but they're not Catholic, and they will come to church with us. 
And I always ask their families, you know, okay, we're going to mass at this time. Would you, you know, so-and-so asked to come. They'd like to come with us. So I always make sure it's okay. You know, can they, is that okay with you? And what's amazing, Abby, because we know, I mean, the mass is beautiful. The mass is reverent. It's so holy. But for a child, it, it can be a little long. You yeah. know, it's not, we don't have pastors swinging across the stage and, and putting on a magic show. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. don't have, we don't have like children's church or a whole band on stage, just right. going to town, rocking out. We don't right. have that. Yeah. The mass is very holy. It's a very, we don't have a smoke show. Right. Uh, bubbles going off and, and, and smoke. And that would be cool though. Just one <laughs> time. Just one, just one time a year, just to make the mass a little interesting. Instead but, of incense, we're going to put bubbles in there. <laughs> but the kids always ask to come back to mass with us. And I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. And Abby, we have this beautiful statue because what what's it about? It's all about Jesus, right? It's all about Jesus. And we have this beautiful statue outside of our church that's the sacred heart of Jesus. And this is the power of children truly watching what we do and emulating us. I started a couple years ago, and literally you see our indents in this path, in the mulch, and there's flowers. You see our footprints. I started going up and just literally bowing down and kissing the heart of Jesus, just kissing the sacred heart of Jesus. Just, I don't know. It was just something I did. I've never seen anyone else do it. It was just like an act of reference. I just want you to know that every Protestant that listens to this show, their heads are hurting right now. They're they're mortified. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We look, it's the graven image. It's fine. We're cool with it. So it's it's, fine. It's, and it's Jesus. And anyways, but just showing how children watch, a couple of my kids started to do it. I think only one of them started to follow me doing it. Then a couple of them did. Then all of them did. None of them and they likewise, whenever they go before the Eucharist, whenever they go before the, the the big crucifix in the middle of our church, they all bow is a sign of reverence to God because that Jesus is there. Jesus right. is present. So you're telling me if if someone had Jesus in front of them, they wouldn't be on their knees. They wouldn't be bowing. They wouldn't be showing reverence. But anyways, the kids' friends... Now, when they go before Jesus, they will bow, they will lean down just to kiss his heart. And it's the most beautiful thing because this very natural, this very organic holiness before Jesus has, has started with them. Like this love, this very, or it's grown. I shouldn't say it started, or it's grown in their own little personal way of like, there's Jesus. And everybody should be happy about that. Everyone should be happy about that. I mean, like everybody should be happy that kid, whether you're a Catholic or you're Protestant, whatever, everybody should be happy when a child's reverence for the Lord has grown. Right. And I just love that, you know, our house seems to be the fun house. And I just, I love that. I love that when I walk into our house, I really never know who's going to be there. I can go to the store and come back and our house is full of children all of a sudden that are not my own. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, and occasionally they will go to, you know, those kids' houses or whatever and stay over. But I, I just love that they feel comfortable here and that, you know, they have fun here. And I think it is because we have so many kids that, you know, it's not just, it's, it is like it's like chaotic here, but that's fun for kids, right? Right. It's just kind of yes. like a, a free for all here. It it's just it's wild and crazy, and you can yell and scream and run up and down the stairs nonstop. And and you and I, all of that, it's so funny. And this is how you know you belong to a big family. Abby and I could be FaceTiming or talking on the phone. And it sounds like someone's getting murdered in the background. Yeah. And we're just calm and just continuing yeah. on. It just, we don't miss a beat. I it's like it normal. I tune it out. When it's quiet, when it is quiet, that is when I worry something's happening in my house. Right. I am so accustomed to noise. And it truly, while my kids aren't here, it 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 bothers, it's an emptiness because it's like something's not right. 
because I am used to that noise. And it is, it's it's so beautiful. And it's funny, Abby. And Abby's, Abby and I are so alike, but I we always say, like Abby's much more cool, calm, and collected as a person than me. I'm much more, I'm not uptight as far as like noise and clutter and kids, whatever, but I'm a very anxious, high-strung person. Abby's very calm and collected. But anyways, it's funny too, because whether I'm at church, whether kids are over, whether we're at a sports game, you'll see me praise my children and be so calm naturally. Or if I need to turn it up and on and, and discipline a child and raise my voice, I will do it. I don't care who's around, who's watching me. I'm not one of those people that like puts on a show in front of someone and then like later, I will handle it right then. I don't care what you think of me. If you think I'm just, I just, I'm the same around whoever's watching. And so anyways, so if I need to raise my voice and other kids are here in my home, I don't raise it at them, at my own children, right? So I'll discipline my kids no matter what. But they they know it's so short-lived. So my oldest son has had a new friend coming over every weekend with my other almost adopted son who's been coming every weekend for like two years. And the first time I raised my voice around my son's new friend, he was kind of like literally ice and I felt terrible. I saw him like... And the other friend who's he's like, dude, it's it's a couple minutes. She's going to be fine. It just, it, it's fine. She's fine. This is normal. She'll be fine in a couple minutes. And I just burst out funny. laughing because he knew my, my almost like other son is so accustomed to, he didn't even like, he didn't even think twice. He's like, oh, she's good. It's, it's fine. Just give her a few minutes. She'll be calm. <laughs> that is so funny. And, and now the, the other one, you know, but they just get used to it. But it is, but they know they're safe with me. I do, I do raise my voice at my children, never at another person's children. I do with my own. And I also, I'm also like, I've been a coach. And so I, I'm like that, like, I just get loud. But every child, whether boy, girl, if they're younger, if they're older and they're in their teens, they all feel safe around me. They know, okay, she's a little high strung. She's a little crazy. Her, she can get a little loud. They all literally, and I am, and that's just who I am, but they know they're completely safe with me. They want to come back. They sleep over. They know they can just get in my fridge. They can just get in my pantry. They can ask me for anything. And I love that. But something I, uh, something I want to say, and I don't know if you've set this up with your kids yet. What I have set up with my kids, because again, they only go somewhere where I'm comfortable or stay with someone I'm super comfortable with. But there has been times where they've missed me, they've wanted to come home, or they just didn't feel good. And they're like, I feel so awkward telling the mom, even if they're like really like that mom. They're like, I feel bad saying, you know, if it's like 945 and they want to leave and come home, they're always like, or I don't want to make my friend feel bad and hurt her feelings, right? And so we have like a code and or I've told them, you might want to come home and there's no valid reason. And that's okay. You just feel like coming home. You just don't want to be there anymore. Nothing bad happened. You just want to come home. And so I've also told my children, you can, if if you're uncomfortable or there's something that's come up, I've given my children permission to tell a loving lie. And some people are going to disagree with this, where say, you have a headache, your stomach doesn't feel good. I, I just need my mom. And I've said that in those situations, that is okay. I give you permission to do that. And so I've done that with my kids. We also have an emoji that's very different that we would not use in any other case that one of my children came up with that if they text me that emoji, I am to call them and and they just might be out at a, a play date or something where I'm like, hey, I need to come get you now. Something came up. You need to come home. And it's on me where they're uncomfortable and they don't know how to do it. And I've had to do it twice with two different kids. And they've sent me the emoji and I've immediately called them. And I'm like, listen, you, you didn't do this. And I have to come get you. You didn't do this. Get ready. I'm going to be there in five minutes. And they're like, mom, no. And I'm like, nope, I don't want to hear it. I'm going to be there in five minutes. And it worked. And they're like, mom, it worked. Thank you. And so I think it's good too for them to be, they don't know how to get out of the situation or they want to come home and they don't know what to say. You have some type of word. You have some type of sign where it now comes on you as the parent and you're going to step in for them and call them and be like, listen, you're coming home. I'm coming to get you. This is what's happening. And so that's something that we've, I've used. With my kids. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. You know, 
funny. I'm trying to think like my kids are just so blunt. They're just like, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> right? They're Abby Johnson's kids. Okay. They're going to tell <laughs> you like, listen, I want to leave now. Okay. They're like, <laughs> I'm not having fun. I want to go home. Like my kids are so. And I love that. That's perfect. Brutally, they're just brutally honest. All right. Yeah. Um, Great. But it's a good idea. I. But it, you know, the, one of the differences is uh, you have a lot of girls. Yeah. You have a lot of boys. <laughs> and my boys are just kind of like, screw you, I'm going home. Yes. Um, and I think it may be different with boys and girls. But yeah, I... But I think, I think it's a great idea. I think, I, I think the, I mean, my two older boys have gab phones so they can text and call or whatever. If, you know, if they need to, if they, if they want to leave and Grace has, you know, had a phone for a long time too. So, but now she drives so she can go wherever she wants. Right. Which is awesome. And, but yeah, you know, I think as they get, I think as they get older and they kind of find their voice, like that gets a little easier, but it can be awkward when they're, when they're little and they don't know really how to find those words and they don't want to make their friends upset. And their friends are like, no, don't leave, don't leave, you know? And they're like, I just want to go home. So, yeah. And I think it's important to tell your kids too. like, I have now, I want to say three or four times gone to get a couple of my kiddos in the middle of the night, like like a one thirty, like a, a 2 a.m. You know, just a couple weeks ago, I went and got my youngest daughter at 1130. And I always tell and, and sometimes I'm like, you know, because I'm sleeping, I'm getting up out of bed. But I tell but I'm always like, I don't care what time it is. If something is wrong or you just wake up and you want to come home, I will always come get you. So I always make sure when I do not have even just one of my children, my phone is near me and the ringer is on high so I can hear it. And and they know, they know no matter what time it is, I'm going to come get you, it, even no matter how inconvenient. One day soon, you're going to have a driver. So see, in that situation, I'd be like, Grace, your sister needs to be picked up. So here's the address. <laughs> yes. And Kendall takes her because she's had her permit so she can drive with me but she takes her driving test next monday so oh, my. so soon oh, yeah. so... you get the middle of the night phone call you're like ken she'll probably be up anyway see right. that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of that's- it that oh, when you're oldest, when you have big families, and that oldest can start to drive, it's like a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, and and what's great is I'm like I'll, I'll be like Grace, I need you to go to the store and like get eggs or ketchup or whatever you know yeah. we're out of, and she's like okay, and then she's like, um, do you want me to stop and pick up a coffee on the way? I'm like, yeah, <gasps> I do want you to do that. Where it's like I get groceries and a treat. So, so I love it. Right. You know, or she's like, do you want me to stop and get some nuggies from Chick-fil-A? I'm like, yes, I do. I do. That sounds fantastic, Grace. While you're out. Right. Yeah, I do. So it's, oh my it's gosh. great. It's like, you know, an errand and something delish. So I just love it. And I was very nervous about her driving because I'm going to be honest, she's not a great driver, but she's gotten better. And and I just accept the treats every time they come. So, I mean, it is on my credit card. Right. And I'm sure she's getting herself a little something too when she grabs you something. And she's getting herself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the only reason she stops, actually, right, is right. to get her something. And, and like, this is what she's craving. She knows what I like too, so she gets me. Yeah, right. You know, I know, and it's so good. Even when Kendall and I are out, and whether I'm driving or she's driving, again, our oldest daughters, God just knew we needed them, and it doesn't matter what, like, where we're going or what type of mood I'm in. Whatever she suggests, I'm like, man, that's hard to turn down right now. Whether it's the Chick Fil A. Whether it's the coffee from Dunk, like, I'm just like, 
Dang it. Yeah. I could go for that. That sounds good. I know. We have that good, good. We have good girls. I know. I know. We sure do. We do. But yeah, so we want to hear what you all, you know, because I love hearing what other families do and suggestions. Like, so what, what, what's your sleepover policy? What do y'all do when your kid goes to just a play date, when your child leaves the house? Like, is there my suggestion of, of the certain emoji or having a certain safe word where you need to step in and, and kind of, you know, call them and intervene and, and pretend that you need them home? Like, what does your family do that could be helpful for Abby and I to share? with everybody. So email us, um, hello at therealdealofparenting.com. Come find us on Facebook at The Real Deal of Parenting. And also, we would love to hear from y'all. Yeah, we want the reviews. I just went and checked our reviews and we have no new ones. We have no new reviews. And here's the thing. We, I've got I'm looking in my room right now at like books and things I can give away to people. And we want to do some fun giveaways with you guys, but we need you to go give us some reviews. And if we read your review on our show, then we'll give you something. We'll send you a treat. Yes. It will not be a coffee treat, but it will be a treat. Right. From us. Yeah. And we've got some good treats. So yeah, so we want to do that, but we need we need five star reviews. So go do that. And subscribe to our show. Yes. Make sure you subscribe so you get the alert. All right. I am glad you joined us for this episode. Again, give us your feedback, leave us a review, and until next time, keep raising your little saint. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.